Welcome to the We're Alive Fancast. And now, your host, Mr. Redbeard and Mick. Welcome to episode 17 of the We're Alive Fancast, where we cover every new release of the We're Alive audio drama, We're Alive. I am Mr. Redbeard. And I am Mick. No mister. <laughs> Today, we're covering season 4, chapter 40, part 3 of 3, Monsters, The Rainfalls. Mm, boy, did it. it. It did. Spoiler warning. <laughs> don't, uh, don't listen to this until you listen to that show. Yes. And I've just got one quick reminder. Yeah. And that we uh, we record on Monday nights at 9:30 Central. And if you guys have you know a reaction prediction theory and you would like uh like us to talk about it, just make sure you send those in by 9:30 Central, and we can definitely do that. And we love to actually. I'm glad you said that because I forgot. <laughs> well, we, we, well, we haven't covered that in a while. A we record shoes. on Mondays. <laughs> yeah. What? What day is it? Happy Thanksgiving. Pilgrim. <laughs> so do we have any corrections from last week i didn't get any corrections i didn't either i think it least. was i think everybody was coming to us with turkey they were it was and, a uh, perfect week it was a great week and it was a crazy uh release you know i kind of ex- expected things to be a little bit different last week and they were so once again we get we missed casey going through and listening and kind of live tweeting his listen through but hopefully this week we'll get back on track with that and you can let us know all the things we screw up. Or not. <laughs> we do have an iTunes review. We do? We have a couple, but uh, somebody, one person left a comment. It says, give this show a listen. You'll enjoy it. Five stars. By Mango Juice. <laughs> J-U-U-S. Mango Juice? I guess. I think that's juice. Not yeah, I, I know. I was like, oh, that. <laughs> <clears throat> listening to this podcast is a lot of fun the guys present relaxed enjoyable and sometimes tickle your funny bone perspectives of we're alive let me tell you the guys are true fans they actually uploaded an episode the day before thanksgiving as promised thank you and that was them saying thank you and i'm saying thank you back for going to itunes and leaving a review we also got another four-star review but they didn't leave a comment and not you know we appreciate everybody going out there and doing that so thank you Yes. And I don't know if people continue to listen past where they hear the music start at the end. So I'm going to go ahead and put it out here. Next week, there is not an episode of We're Alive, but we will be releasing an interview. Yes. So look forward to that on the, the day off of We're Alive. Also, cool. if you guys, I don't know if everybody, you know, how what people's listening habits are. I know a lot of people turn it off once we finish the coverage or, you know, not on our show, but at least on other shows I listen to, people do that. Uh, but there's normally a lot of good stuff that the fans of We're Alive share with us and we could talk about. And there, But also, after our short little credit thing, there's outtakes. And sometimes, it, it, mostly it's just, you know, funny us messing up, which we do often. Yes. But also, sometimes we include little kind of extended cuts. If you just like hearing us talk about dumb stuff or whatever, that, that'll be added in there as well. You know what? There is a correction from last week, and nobody caught it or pointed it out, but I had noticed it during editing and forgot to make a note of it. What was it? Oh, I, said, was at, <laughs> I said at one point, Tanya, and I meant to say Kelly or vice versa, I can't remember, but I caught it during editing. It was real minimal, but it was just a slip. 
You should have been like, and then Kelly said that we. <laughs> that would have been great. <laughs> we could bring back old future Mick from earlier in the hey, this past is episodes. Future Mick. <laughs> this is future Mick Kelly. <laughs> all right, that's all I had for the little intro tidbits. Okay, cool. Me too. Cool. Now on for some scene by scene coverage. Scene by scene covers and uh, grabbing some some points out of the first scene of Datu and Glenn uh, getting ready to head out to work on the windmill. Let's see. I don't have a point to talk about until we get really to the Matagun. Do you have anything before that? Um, no, I will say that at the very beginning of this, there there are crows. <laughs> it starts out like that, right? Right. Yep. Oh, no. And if there truly are ominous, it may have paid off this time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I know you say you don't have anything really to talk about. We'll just kind of point out some things. There's still the ongoing issue of Michael with the soldiers in the truck and issues with fuel. And that's really all we got out of it until the modern gun. Yeah, definitely. And I'm, I've got a note to talk about the gun truck later. <laughs> okay. Definitely. Now for the modern gun. Take it away. Take it away. I wish I could take it away and go shoot it at some oh, that'd be so much fun. behemoths. <laughs> that would be fun. I didn't really have a whole lot except you know, Casey had told us before that this thing shoots ball bearings, and then he confirms it here in the story uh, for anybody else that might have been confused, like us. I, we weren't the only ones that assumed rebar or something like that. I'll just have to point that out. Right. And let's see. Glenn was Glenn was actually pretty cool this scene. I found myself beginning to to come back to his corner again. Now I see why they twisted my emotions like that. Yeah, I, I've been feeling more relaxed with them here lately. And I was wondering where it was going to go, but, you know, we'll get to that soon enough. And then, he, yeah, like he, he says, it's the it's called a Matagun. Like, you know, rep, you know represent. <laughs> <laughs> CJ says, what? What's the matter? What's the matter you? What's the matter with you? I thought that was pretty funny. They drive off at the end of the scene, and they had mentioned something about having to go top off the compressor and, I guess, pick up their security detail. Because mm-hmm. they didn't really say, all right, here we go to go top it off, since oh. they covered that earlier. And CJ did preface everything with that Glenn and Datsu were too valuable to lose. Oh, good catch. Glenn did say the pressure was on, and Datsu, uh, and, and Glenn was kind of, you know, pressure's on, things are crazy. And then Datsu was over-the-top optimistic like he is, which is why we love him so much. Well, wait a second. Maybe he's not always so over-the-top optimistic, because normally he's like, I can't do it, Captain. <laughs> he just needs that little extra push is all. Yeah. He didn't have Michael the motivator there. The final note I had for this scene is <laughs> I kept typing data instead of Datu. <laughs> and I began to want, uh, that made me think, uh, do people revere, uh, did people revere data back in Star Trek Next Generation like they do Datu? I know I did. That he can fix anything and... Yeah, exactly. He could fix anything. Uh, well, you know, that was one similarity. And then the thing that had that was complete polar opposites were their personalities because Data was <laughs> always calm and collected and Datu is, you know, not at all. Right. <laughs> well, it can be really calm at times where everybody else is kind of really tired or freaking out. Right. And he'll, he'll be the opposite of them. He's like the, he's kind of the, the yin to the yang kind of thing going. Right. That's all I have for uh, that. That's all, that's all I've got. I'm surprised yeah. I didn't make a CJ note. I probably should have. But no, you covered, I mean, covered some stuff. Yeah. She's just 
all she really talked about was concern about them and what they're going to be doing. And mm-hmm. she, gets, be- she gets told about the Mata gun for the first time. Yeah, that was cool. You know, she also had a little bit of the control freak come out where she was, uh, seemed like she might have been upset she didn't know about something, which I, I, justifiably I've, so with something I, like this. And I've expressed it before. I don't, I don't think that type of weapon is enough. And I'll leave it at that. Yeah, it's not it's not enough to replace the big ammo. No. Completely. But it uh, will serve a purpose for sure. So. If, uh, <laughs> if we keep him around. So in the next scene, we go to Victor and Tanya, and they're just getting back to the morgue. And Victor makes a comment about the jars around the uh, the, the lab being like Frankenstein's lab. Yes. I thought that was pretty funny. That was hilarious. And right about this time, Michael and Kelly show up with the uh, files and the video from the courthouse. <laughs> um, I really thought that that uh, it was going the way you thought it was last week, that people were going to suspect something between Victor and Tanya romantically <laughs> based on their appearance and their behavior. They're worried about the hair and the smell and their clothes and everything else. <laughs> and they they didn't go there. I was I didn't, like last week when you said that, I was like, surely not. And then this week I was like, oh my gosh, they're going to. It would have been hilarious. It would just have been a funny, funny moment. Yeah, it would have been, even just for a quick little joke. So, yeah, they're quickly hiding things, and she puts on, like, a... What did they say? It was a... Uh, like a, you know, like a surgeon's hair something. Yeah. I can't remember what he said. I forget, too. That's completely dumb. I can't think of that. <laughs> I can't either. I'm having a moment. Oh. It, it was a cap. Surgical yes. cap? I don't know. <laughs> a cap. Yeah, you guys know what it is. Uh, all I could think about was, uh, you know, Meg on Family Guy, her hat. Mm. Yeah, or Lunch Lady. Yeah, lunch lady. She's wearing a hairnet. <laughs> okay, so the one thing I did want to talk about during this is um, the, the video. I, I thought they would be taking tapes or something, but I guess there it, it may have been a hybrid of what you were talking about, that this stuff may have been kind of a digital video system that was proprietary, so maybe they couldn't take the, the system with them. Oh, yeah, they mentioned that, uh, I think it was maybe Robbins or something last episode mentioned he was going to record it with, I guess a camcorder or something. Yeah, totally. It, I missed that for some reason last episode. So it was a video of a video of them watching the surveillance uh, video at the courthouse. Which is always good if you like to see that sort of thing on YouTube. Sarcasm <laughs> off. <laughs> so they, they talk about a few things. There's nothing really that we learn new about Inc. Except for, you know, they've got details about where he lived and uh, his jail. Excuse me. The GSL they were saying, talking about they're, they're going to go check these places out to see what else they can find out about Ink. Yeah, and on that, the way that Michael was kind of trailing off, it didn't sound like he was real enthusiastic about doing that. And I I kind of got the feeling that we weren't actually going to go to those places. It sounds like he's pushing for it. Yeah, I mean, pushing it with ever so slight pressure, but it could be only because he has he didn't have anything else to go on at this point. But earlier on um, in this in this scene, Victor questions, kind of questions Michael. You know, oh, you came straight here, no safe house. And this is playing again to that theme that Michael is getting reckless. Yeah, which we'll bring up here again in a second when we get to that part. But I'm seeing that too, and that's why I don't understand this quarrel between Michael and Victor. But again, that comes up again in a second. Yes. Uh, I, I like I like that Tanya quoted Bert 
about the uh, the smarter you are in death. Yeah, that, that was, was a, that was a good callback. And that there was no sign of mental illness in Ink prior to the trial. And did you catch that Kelly was getting a little touchy with Victor? She seemed aggressive or on edge. I was wondering what that was about. I now that you say it, I think I kind of did because I was kind of expecting a little bit of flirt flirting, and then it never happened. Right. So not sure what's going on there. It didn't seem like the normal Kelly attitude. She seemed like she was just really irritated. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering what led to that because they seemed to be on good terms before they left to go to the courthouse. Yeah, more, more, a slightly more agitated than regular Kelly. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe it was that comment in Michael's journal. <laughs> oh, yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> so, yeah, they talk about going to Ink's house and they mentioned that Pegs has continued to call about the gun truck. And uh, Victor then points out this new guy that they, he sees a record in a stack of papers about Austin McKenna. Yeah. He said he was looked familiar or seemed familiar, seemed like he knew the name somewhere, but recognized his face, though, because he was looking at a picture. And uh, he, he was on, on trial for murder, but not related to the ink case. Right. I wonder what this is going to be. And my first thought was Randy, but... That would well, I don't know why. Well, you know, I was wondering if this if the all these people tie together somehow, uh, involving those those theories that are out there on the forums about a cult. Mm-hmm. Now I don't know where that comes from. I, I I didn't get real crazy into those theories early on, so I don't know. But it'd be interesting if that pans out somehow. No, yeah, definitely. So, did you have anything on the uh, before we go outside of the morgue? Uh, let's see. Well, you, you didn't already say his qualifications, did you? Oh, no, no. Yeah, he had the, Inc. had the two doctorates in chemical engineering from MIT and biopharmaceutical engineering from New Jersey, NJIT, <laughs> and then uh, a BS in biomedical engineering from Harvard. And all these were with the highest honors. So, I mean, definitely smart, smart, smart. Safe to say he is a genius. Yes, very book smart for show. You're a genius, now, but you don't have any doctorates. I don't. That I know about. And uh, it's uh, it's uh, pushing it a little bit to call me a genius. I'm <laughs> not. I'm no. I'm no genius. Your your beard's IQ is higher than mine. This is this is true. <laughs> <laughs> okay. uh, now you know they made a. Uh, Victor says, "You do you expect him to be like chilling on his couch at his house." No. <laughs> That is a funny image. I definitely had a picture of him with the, you know the outstretched hand with a remote control sitting there, kind of Al Bundy in it. Yeah. What do you zombies do on their day off? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, go ahead. Towards the end of the scene, Victor asks Michael if he needs another hand. By outstretching his, he got it. Victor got his hand bit a little bit. <laughs> he yeah. pushed back. And we still can't, we still don't know exactly what happened with whatever happened with Victor and Michael, but we do know that, you know, apparently Victor was out with the guys and made a mistake. And a mistake so bad that he can't risk having him out there again because it's not fair to the other soldiers. Yes, because Michael's never done that. Exactly. <laughs> Almost every I'm, mission. I'm so confused by this. Is uh, Yeah. Right, and I, and I have a picture of them, like, it being the good old days, Mike and Vic at the colony, and... How much they, you know, depended and worked with each other to get out of that situation. To me, it doesn't make any sense. It's like do what I say and not what I do. Right. You know, and Victor said, but no one got hurt, right? And I 
it's it seems exa- almost exactly like something Michael has said before too. Almost exactly like what happened with Randy in the, the truck in the flower bed scenario. <laughs> yeah, the truck in the alleyway. Right, where, where the truck got stuck in the flower bed and they were chasing yeah. Randy down the alleyway. <laughs> so yeah, I I don't understand what's going on here. I mean, really gonna have to find out some details for me to kind of accept this and move on. But Michael's not thinking straight or something. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, I did have one more note for this scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tanya's looking at the pictures, I guess, of the evidence from Ink's murders pre-zombie time. For a second, I thought she was going to mention that, you know, if they had been attacked or bitten in the neck, since she had mentioned that's how the zombies attack. Mm-hmm. But and that, that, that being pre-zombie, I didn't know if that would mean anything, but no, she didn't even go that way. That's a really good point. It, the video, from what little we know, sounds like he got bit on the arm. Right. And not on the neck. And that, that's that been the analysis prior to this, is that they always go for the neck. So It's a little inconclusive on that, because it'd be hard for them to get to his neck if they're just going through the windows that are barely broken through. True, true. Hmm. But, I don't know. That's a good point, though. But I'm, I, but I'm in the same boat. I believe that they didn't bite his neck for a reason. But I'm just saying, from to play devil's advocate, I could see how that would be a tough thing to I'm, do. I'm thinking he's still connected to this whole thing. Oh yeah, Michael says very uh, authoritatively here that that uh, well we know that he doesn't have anything to do with how it started. That's the first I've heard anybody say anything like that. But do you? Do you know for sure? <laughs> right. The little information they have. I don't think so. I mean, I don't think they have there's enough. no there's not a better candidate right now. There's not enough evidence to say he's not involved. Right. That's what I thought. It's a much better way of putting it. Yeah. <laughs> cool. You ready? I'm ready. I'm oh, uh, I'm not ready. If it, you know. You sound too excited for this scene. It's it's a good scene coming up. It is a good scene. We hear the storm, and the transition to this is just incredible. Did you catch the piano that'll bring moving into the storm? Like, do you hear the thunder? No, I didn't. It was really cool. That, that sounds nice. It, it, it was real faint, but it, it just blended in perfectly. And uh, I thought that was very ominous. And then this whole, the, the scoring behind this whole scene was just amazing. But we uh, we know that someone else, it's it's Glenn and Dotu and other guy, because we don't know his name. They're hooking up well, the middle. We do know his name uh, now. I did, they didn't say it. But I asked for help on this on Facebook, and uh, We Are Live tweeted back to me from that saying that it, it was Jay, the guy who got the truck stuck in the flower bed and all that earlier. Oh, okay. So yeah, oh, I had, in my notes, I have unnamed guy. <laughs> I knew, Yeah, I did too. I knew the voice sounded familiar, but okay. Okay, so it's Jay. I was looking forward to referring to him as other guy the entire scene. But... Me too. Unnamed guys, everything. <laughs> Bunch of notes. <laughs> so... And Jay's up on the tower because Glenn and Datu, I guess, couldn't do it, or it's easier for Jay to do it, to install this part that they had brought out there. And he gets back down, and he's handed over the Mata gun, and uh, he asks if they could rename it to the really heavy matic Right. I thought we should have an acronym. It's, a good, it's the RFOM. The RFOM. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. <laughs> So then we they get into a little bit more detail about what this windmill is, you know, how it's going to pump water. And I guess there's a series of solar panels hooked up to it 
to, I guess, to assist. I'm not really sure how it is assist. I guess there's some kind of electrical pump involved with this too. Anything to help out because it's a deep well. Yeah, I was a little confused on this setup too, especially whenever somebody made a comment in the scene about plugging the windmill into the solar panels as if that was going to store the power. I don't know. I, which which first, we know doesn't work. My first thought is that there's it's going to be a ton of torque to bring this water to the to the surface, which is usually the case. I mean, uh, well pumps are some of the highest drawing, you know, consumption of energy that you're going to have in like an, a rural home. So, but a, like a a normal submersible pump can do the job too. It's just I guess with that depth, it needs the extra push. So maybe there's some kind of assistive motor system on the windmill itself to get it going and let the wind kind of carry it. It was the only thing I could come up with. I don't know. But right. I was I was too lost to even really comment too much on it. With and I, hopefully uh, Casey will set us straight on this like he has on a few of the other things that we were completely confused about. Or they may not. Who knows? But we'll <laughs> <laughs> the windmill is going and the pump is starting to work slowly. Glenn goes to shut off the generator, and Datu says that there's a small trickle starting to come out. And about that time, a noise is heard, like something clanking around. And Datu tells everybody to get, in the, uh, to, get to the car, and they're going to go ahead and leave, and they'll come back later. So it gets really chaotic, and I'm losing. I, could, I couldn't figure out what all was happening. Yeah, let's. Could why don't you describe what you think happened, and I'll describe what I think happened, and we'll try to put it together. Because I, this was a great. I mean, I, I really appreciate how they did no words ex- describing what was happening, and just kind of left it up to your imagination. And yeah, the there, action. Were, there was no like recanting anything with a journal entry. I mean, we're just, just total cliffhanger. Right. <laughs> so we know for sure that we the car is running, the generator is winding down, someone is opening the gate. And we don't know if they're all outside the car at this point. Mm-hmm. But when the zombie attacks, he's going. He first goes for Gwen, and then it sounded like uh, when Jay was attacking the zombie, the zombie took out Jay, and it sounded like the zombie then attacked Datu, and it sounded like Datu was impaled, thrown something. There, it sounded like there was some kind of bleeding wound at some point in this, but I couldn't. I couldn't say for certainty, and it sounded like he was hurt pretty bad. But we don't—I don't know what happened. So my first question was: Was there no one in the car, or did the zombie rip him out of the car? I don't know what was going on here. Yeah, no clue. Okay, you want to finish this, finish the scene with what you thought happened? Because there, there was like noises, like boom, boom. You yeah. Know. So yeah, then we started hearing the like an alarm going off, and then this kind of a. a a hype or not like a medium pitch noise and it's winding down like it's something's coming to a halt. I didn't know whether this was the generator going through its shutdown cycle, if this is the the windmill failing, or if this was the car. I had no idea what was going on. Yeah, I I really okay, let me just kind of reconstruct a little bit what I got and it wasn't near as detailed as that. But basically they get in the vehicle to leave. They drive at some undetermined amount of distance. Not there's not a whole lot of time. And they're locking a gate, I guess. And I'm guessing the gate in the picture, you can kind of see like a chain link fence in that picture. And maybe that's the way out. And that, that picture, I mean, being the album art with the windmill. Right. But in the background, there's that green thing that looks like a gate. So it sounds like somebody, you know, they're trying to lock that. And then at this point, they're attacked. There's some shooting guns. Uh, Glenn is killed. He screams, and it sounds like he's pretty much dead. 
And then I have unnamed guy with J, hurt, uh, disgusting sounds basically, and I'm guessing that he's killed. Or either he's killed or he's dying and then is killed later in this scene. And then in about 1650-ish, give or take five seconds, somewhere in there, um, the zombie sounds like it talks again, like it did in the first yes. episode of the season. And I was trying, I was thinking maybe he said, to me it sounded like he said you. Like, you. And Elisa on the Facebook, she said it sounded like he said kill. But definitely people are, if she thinks that, I think that, and it sounds like you think that, it sounds like the zombie's talking. So yeah, I, continuing and I, that. And I haven't had a, a solid moment to go back and try to pull that out of there to listen to a really clear cut of it. Right. But I was, yeah. And as soon as you get done, I have another thought about this too. But, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, and I'm thinking of stuff more as I talk about it too. So we'll just, we'll throw this back and forth because I'm sure it's not. I'm sure nobody knows exactly what happened except for the the writer. Right. So then we have uh, Datu crying, and I don't know if it's he's crying in anguish or if he's injured and you know, eventually will turn, which is my biggest fear. And my thought on that was that it was a combination. Yeah. But I don't know. And then all I could think was that this was the pump failing or it lost power and the the, the pump is turning off, like you said. And the, the alarm noise didn't sound like a regular car alarm or anything. Not alarm, but car like the doors open sound when the keys are out of it. I don't know. So I'm just kind of confused. And also, what kind of zombie did you think this was? So I would think those many gunshots as they did a regular would be dead. I I wasn't 100% sure, but it's got to be one of two. It's got to be a numbered one, or it's Randy, because it's suspected that he's talked before, right? No, it was a little one that talked. I mean, yeah, I, I think it is suspected that Randy talked before. So, But a little one did talk in the season of, opener. Right, and I'm thinking it's one of those two. And the thing is, more likely to be the number one that made the sound before that sound like he was talking. Yeah. So. It's sad. I do have a hope. I'm hoping that it was so chaotic that it was hard to discern what was going on. My hope is that Datsu was in the vehicle and the vehicle kind of got flipped over or something. And that Datsu is in there, possibly injured, but it was, you know, maybe got the wind knocked out of him and he's grieving over these. The two that, that got got killed. I'm going to steal a uh, Elisa's Uranga's uh, from Facebook. Her One of her feedback messages on Facebook. Just because it, it means so much for this particular thing. Basically, so she, has, she says in the first message, Jay is bad luck. Glenn dead. <laughs> King Datu. Oh, no. Oh, oh yes. No. I hope he doesn't return as a special one. I think the mission failed with the pump and the Matagun. Uh, I think the beeping was the gate, question mark. I hope King Datu isn't going to go on a rampage on the colony. And then I kind of asked her, so she thought they got Datu because I was so unclear. She said, she replied back, well, no journal, no journal recording. And I think they were surrounded. Sounded yeah. like either ink or an inkling saying kill. Got to listen again in a quiet place. I'm hoping that it's just a cliffhanger. Yeah. And we'll get the rest of it at the opening of the next chapter. That's a really good catch, too, though, because you said no journal entry, because normally when there's action like this, like last episode, Victor mm-hmm. was kind of narrating it with the journal. Yeah, and that, that's why I pointed out, I was like, there's no narration, so what is this? That's <laughs> scary. I mean, Dr. can't die. Not no, yet. and what, the other thing 
my, my other two things I started thinking about was he was locked away in the arena. So is he remembered from that? Mm-hmm. Or is he going to get taken away again because Ooh. he is intelligent? Good catch. Yeah, and I began to wonder when I was listening to it, when he said you, I began to wonder if he was trying to uh, like carry him off like Randy did and, did not, and not turn him. But then you can kind of hear... Uh, you can kind of hear the zombie leaving while Datu's still there crying, is at least what I could pull out of it. Right. So, what if Datu's like uh, Saul and Tanya and doesn't turn if he was bitten? Uh, I'm trying to think why, what would be the common denominator with them if it was something. They're that, not that from that area? Versus. I don't know if it has anything to do with location, but. I remember thinking early on with it being so focused on California and not really thinking too much into it about Hawaii and other places, but that Tanya and Saul are not from the, from the West coast, but, and Datu's not either. And so I don't know, my mind went there for a little bit. It, it, it's, it's wishful thinking is what it is. Right. We're trying to find <laughs> any way to keep them from harm. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but there, there is a light note to all this, and um, hopefully this will be the reason that Datu survives this, is that I was looking for a way to be positive, and all I could think about was the theme from Highlander queuing up, because <laughs> there could be only one. <laughs> and Glenn was kind of the antagonist for Bert and Datu, being, you know, the tinkerers, the innovators, and... Uh, or the grumpy old man. So, uh, did Bert and Datu just get a little stronger? <laughs> and that's what the storm was? Was that the quickening or something? Yeah, the, the quickening. <laughs> <Great>. <laughs> so, sadly, the battle for grumpy old man has ended. We have a winner. <laughs> man, I just realized Bert's been gone four months. I know. With no word. With Riley. Exactly. I miss him. Uh, we, I guarantee, I guarantee we hear from them next chapter. Probably just so we can't know what happened to Datu for another week. Yeah. <laughs> oh Lord. Okay. Yep. Did did you ever did you pick out the Matagun being used at all? Yes, and you know we didn't mention that either. Uh, there were small arms fire going off around the same time, but they were two different distinct noises, and it was more of a thunk thunk thunk. And then, you know, normal gun sounds for the okay. small arms. I'll have to listen to that again, because I, I tried to listen for it, and I couldn't pick it out. Another thing. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Uh, you know, what, do you have any ideas what would cause the zombie to leave? <sighs> yeah, I didn't think of that. Why would why would he leave? I have no idea. Hmm. Okay, so you, you're thinking the zombie was leaving without Datu also? Yeah, it sounded like he was... Walking away. Infected or not? Well, if he is infected, then it would make sense that the zombie would be like, "Well, you know, I don't need to do anything else with you. You're going to turn eventually." Yeah. So but if he's not infected, I unless he's going back because maybe the standing orders are from wherever that somebody else wants him, and just let him know where he is. Which that's reaching so far. That well. <laughs> the possibilities are unlimited. Yes. So <laughs> I don't know. I, I I asked myself that question as I was listening to it, and I saw I made a note of it. And I don't know if anybody else had thoughts on this, but if you do, send them in. Please do. Yeah, that'd be awesome. 
why would the zombie leave Datu alone if he was unscathed? And also, you know, if he was going to turn, if you have some theories on those things, that'd be really interesting to hear. So beyond this scene, I was asking myself, is Michael going to be held responsible for this? Like, oh, yeah. CJ? Michael's in trouble now, and they'll she's going to demand the, oh, yeah. and order the gun truck back and the military guys back to the colony, and she's not going to take no for an answer. And even if CJ doesn't, which I don't think she's going to have a choice in this, people are still going to blame him. Right. And it, I mean, I, I know that what he's doing is important and needs to be done, but... There's consultation, too. I mean, We're talking about rogue. water here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, okay, and you know Dotsu's going to blame himself for this whole situation. He is. And, I, and my question is, why did they only give one person for a security detail? Mm, I, really I, mean, don't, I can't answer that really, especially with CJ. I don't know why she would send only one person. It, it, I don't know. It just seems like you would be better covered with two people. And, you know, like a, a rifle instead of the Modigun and a pistol. Right. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I know the limited... in the back of the truck in case a behemoth comes. Right. I, I thought that was kind of what it was for, but they use it as a full-blown end-all, do-all weapon, you know? And I don't know. It just seemed a little careless. And I know that they thought that the risk was low for this this mission, but it just seemed kind of silly only sending one person with them. Right, with their two greatest uh, assets as far as construction and... Innovation. Exactly, and mm, it's a problem. Yeah. I guess a storm was coming. It's been, uh, I guess, has it been all three chapters? It's kind of been building. Yes. So he definitely stuck to that role that <laughs> good things, bad things happen at least. Let's see. Okay, well, before we completely wrap it up, We're Alive had a couple of tweets, uh, a couple being, you know, the one about Jay, and he's the one that parked the truck in the flower bed, not the best in the bunch. <laughs> That's what he said. And the last one was, and they were, they were, people were, you know, asking about Datu, and he said he won't give anything away, but he is alone at the end of 40-3. Okay. So Datu is alone. Um, yeah, that's, that's another good point. Not only did they send Jay with them for the security detail, it's not anybody that's, like, specifically well-trained. Right. It, which would be more justification to send at least two people. I don't know. I can't, yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. That, that was terrible. And keep a truck going, keep somebody in a truck or something. I don't know. All right, so favorite lines. I picked mine out. And we didn't get any tweets this week with people's favorite lines, so I'll just go ahead and share mine. It was when Tanya said... What happens when they turn you and you are already a monster? Speaking of ink, of course. That's a, that's a good one to pick. I always go for the goofy ones. I do too, but there wasn't too many goofy ones except for the Arfom this time. It's true. Well, if I had to pick one that's just good to hear, it would be the smarter you are in death reference to what Bird had said earlier in the storyline. Oh, yeah. And then when, when CJ said... The Mata, in a questioning tone, it just sounded hilarious to me. <laughs> that was funny. It sounded like she had to say it a couple times. To, like, what? The Mata Maru? What are you talking about? The Mata? <laughs> it's like, I know all kinds of guns. I've never heard of this. <laughs> Which brings us to the ratings section. Okay, let's see. I give this one... A two. <laughs> no. A four and a half, and I give the whole chapter a four seven five. 
I give this one. I don't know what to give this one. I get. I give this one a four point seven. Good. Good. And the chapter overall, thinking about story progression and that kind of stuff, I'm probably gonna have to give it a four point two. Oh, cool. Both good ratings. We'll probably it'll have to be pretty bad for us to not to rate it much lower than a four. The only thing I'm just a little disappointed in is that it just keeps stacking up all Which, the yeah. all the unanswered questions. I mean, it just keeps stacking up. And that oh, I'm glad you say that because I've got a few, and I hope you have more of unanswered and new question unanswered slash new questions this season, which is a new segment which uh, we'll probably do at least once a chapter, if not more. And I've got a few here. They talk. It's an un- unanswered a new question. Uh, earlier they said, die, die, die. We kind of thought maybe they said, we're alive. And now they say, you or kill. I've, I've forgotten about that, actually. And since then, I haven't thought about it once. I hadn't really either. Because most of this chapter... Well, most of this, yeah, most of the, since it's come back this season, has not, there hadn't been a whole lot of fighting. There's a big period where we only dealt with human issues. Right. My question, <laughs> my question that we had, or the question that we still don't have answered is what happened with Victor? Right. That's the next one I have is what did, what did V do? Yeah. New question, Victor recognized someone. Like Austin McCribbin, McKibben, McKidden, whatever his name is. So, yeah. Where's that going to go? We don't have to talk too much about these. I'm just kind of wanting <laughs> to throw them out there, you know, just to remind everybody, keep them fresh in our minds. You know, uh, we have we have ink, and what the heck his role is in this whole thing, because we thought we were on the trail to that, and it's kind of knocked off kilter at the moment. Yeah. Now, you and I still hold to the thought that he is still involved somehow, or, you know, was before this all happened, directly or indirectly, he's involved. Right. But maybe not the ringleader as much as we thought before. We are not the, He's not the initiator. We know that. Like, he's not the one that said, here you go, released into the world. Right. Next question. Uh, Randy, question mark. <laughs> yeah, we, <laughs> who is um, the beard? What will the gas reveal? She's got this in one of those Ted Lar bags. It has a color. What is it? Right. It almost has a color, she said. What does that mean? <laughs> also, I uh, thought about this today. I wonder if they're going to return to Michael's drug use. <laughs> I was thinking of that since he's being so reckless. You know, him question. and Saul talked about it earlier, and he mentioned it and didn't want to talk about it. Yeah, when he was making the chloroform. Surely it's throwaway. I hope it's throwaway, but it may not be. may not be. There's definitely some avoidance going on. Another thing that we're live tweeted tonight, and I don't have it verbatim in front of me, but it was interesting, especially concerning our problems. And there, there's other listeners that have problems with there being so many unanswered questions and them not really answering the questions as quickly as they would like. He said, "It's hard to put the it's hard to put the pieces together now. Dot dot dot. But not later. So I don't know if that's soon or what, but basically, it's a nice cryptic answer. That sounds even more like we have." Most or all of the pieces, just not, you know, don't have the box, the pretty box to look at to be able to put the puzzle together. I gotcha. Very crafty. Well, we we don't know for sure if Tanya and Saul are immune. And you can you can rattle them off now. I don't have. uh, That's all the ones I could think of real quick. 
how sustainable is the colony going to be? Because there's a lot of issues kind of left in, left hanging right now, and we'll find out at some point what they're going to be able to do. It doesn't look good right now at all with the latest news. Yeah, how sustainable is the colony? How uh, What will be the answer to the diesel problem? Where are all the zombies and ink hiding out at? What, are, what is their plan? Where's Bert and Riley? And where's Scratch? Where's Bert and Riley Scratch? Um, this is cool. I mean, we're kind of just doing a little brainstorming here. But uh, let's see. What else can we think of? Hmm. Um, is there anything anything unresolved with Angel and the family or whatever? Yeah, how will the, how the family play into it? Hmm. I'm, and I'm supposing that's the Mafia family that Scratch and a few people have mentioned being a member of. How is the earthquake and gas tied to anything? Right. Let's see, more questions. What else we got? And this better not end with aliens being afraid of water. <laughs> that was a good angry. movie. That was a terrible movie. I was, I was a diehard M. Night fan back then, and I loved that movie. That laid it out for all M. Night Shyamalan was movies great. after that. Hey, this is Mick jumping in here with a little note. If you want to hear more of our rambling and talking about M. Night Shyamalan movies... Be sure to listen to the outtakes and the extended cut after the credits. The the family? The family, the we're alive. I have no idea unless they're a financial backer for the monster part of these, family. You know, a financial backer for the cult people or terrorists or whatever they're whatever they are. Hmm. If they even play a role into it, yeah. other than just being somehow linked to Angel and you know, messing that whole situation up. That's got to come back somehow. Or at least tell more about that family. I don't know. I mean, I've done a pretty good job at telling the story behind that. I think it's just a another huge unanswered question or potential uh, to be story honest, out there. As much as they have answered about what the you know where the family and how they're all related, I think it's going to be one of those things where that one's just left up to us to kind of have our own answer in our head from what was given. I don't think they're going to do a whole lot more with it. Unless they are somehow involved with some kind of financial backing with these crazy right. people. I think they've. I think it's got to at least come back up again and mean something, if, even if it has nothing to do with the origin. Yeah. It, it, that would, it, it could fit. It could definitely fit. You know, telling more of the story as uh, Scratch is dying. Yeah. Okay, so if you've got some more unanswered questions, our new questions, just send them to us, and I'm going to try to keep track of this, and maybe we can come back and have fun with some predictions here and there. Do you think they're going to make us like Scratch before the killer? I think there's I think there's room for uh, redemption in that storyline that would be interesting. You know, I thought they were... To, do it. <laughs> to be honest, I thought they were already going there with that, with uh, the way she was helping take care of... Uh, with Lizzie, and I, de- I, found myself, I found myself liking her a lot more during that time. As well, and then, you know, yeah. gosh, she's just so good at being bad. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you're a fan. I am a fan of... Good storytelling? Of somebody that makes me really not like them. Powerful women? Because how well they acted out. Mm. That's why you like me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's okay. see. You ready to uh, jump from... Unanswered new questions segment to what did this chapter bring us? Whoa. I've got a few notes. Hey, uh, go the the Matagun was wasn't invented this chapter, but it was used. Um, the death of Glenn, that's got to be pretty big. We have Inks turning 
uh, reveal revealed. And that was big. Also had um, the courtroom that OJ was uh, acquitted in. <laughs> <laughs> the death of Jay. Death of Jay. Okay. Yep. The animosity that we kind of see foreshadowed that's going to be brought between CJ and Michael. Right. Growing. The gap is growing or something. More of the talking zombie. Or right. Or that? No. No more talking zombie. Good. Mm, and not a good picture of hope for the colony. <laughs> Each time you say hope, I'm thinking you're talking about hope. Yeah, I know. And oh, well, there's an unanswered question. Right. Can she see? Oh yeah, can hope see. All right, I'm guess we'll I guess we'll stop that section. If y'all have some more of what this chapter brought us, please feel free to tweet us or Facebook us, and we can include it in this little list and kind of keep track of these things. All right, I'm ready to go to end the news. I've got one little tidbit. Yes. We're live secured the we'realive.com domain finally. Yes. Which is great. It, it redirects you to the zombiepodcast.com for now. And I can't tell you how many times that I've went to we'realive.com. Before this, trying to get you know to zombiepodcast.com. What was there? I don't remember. I just remember going, ah, what was that? And just go, you know, go to Google. Yeah, I think it was a placeholder. I, I don't remember for sure, though. Uh, it's been a while since I tried to go to it. Mm-hmm. And our question of the week uh, didn't get any traction. I didn't put it on Facebook. So I'm gonna, just going to use last week's question again, throw it on Facebook, and basically just pick any character and give us what you think their theme song would be and why. Or not even why if you don't want to. But all right, time for listener mail, tweets, and Facebook posts. Woohoo! You want to start us off? Let's see. From Adam, he writes on uh, Twitter: Which episode did you guys do the Bert Herbert impression, and at what time? Trying to show a friend. Do you guys remember? I went and looked this up. I kept trying to find it, and I, I could not. Yeah, I searched notes. I couldn't remember if that was a like if I had planned to do that beforehand or. If we just kind of, if you kind of just prompted me for it, <laughs> I can't remember either. I, I couldn't find it. I bet it's in the first five or six, not including interviews. I think with the Bert Herbert thing, I think it was completely improv. I know we did one at another time with Consuela, and it was quasi scripted out. Yeah, that was more. What what was it about Bert? Do you remember? And maybe that could. Oh, you know what? It, it had to do with the. Uh stunt casting or something like when we first started joking about it oh oh I th- maybe we were talking about what a family guy did we're alive was that it <laughs> Which, if so, we haven't talked like about that that would be freaking funny <laughs> <laughs> oh that's when you know you've made it when when they make fun of you oh yeah <laughs> star wars and we're alive yes adam also tweets uh my absolute favorite thing about wa fancast is when mick ginger and Redbeard argue about pegs. And there was none of it this episode. Uh, you took a few shots here and there with the strong woman and different things about. <laughs> not, to, not this. Not this episode. Oh, we were talking about Scratch earlier. You go like a strong woman. That's, that's oh that was no, that wasn't a pegs reference. Oh. <laughs> no, I was. Ta- I think I was kind of jabbing at the antagonist type thing going on. Oh, okay. You know, like how I try to get you worked up on occasion. <laughs> and we've got a few tweets. And Facebook posts about last week, one being from Chris W. He says, okay, his favorite line from the WA fancast is Mick responding to the horror flick with, I guess, don't go chasing waterfalls. (laughs) (laughs) And and for those that maybe didn't listen to that episode or didn't catch what was going on, he was referring to the time period 
right? I think that was the mid nineties. Mick was referring to the time period. <laughs> uh, Regan on Twitter writes, "I wonder if they got the shooting the scuba tank idea from Jaws." Smile, you son of a. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised with all the other homages that have been pulled out. Now, did I post the video on that show? I don't remember if I did or not. There's a video on YouTube. There's a big difference between an aluminum scuba tank and a steel scuba tank getting shot. And the steel scuba tank, I wouldn't want to try it out. I mean, it, it looked painful. Oh, I bet you can compress a lot more air into the steel one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it looked like that image of the little one getting tossed around like a sack of potatoes was definitely plausible. And uh, Deanna Austria from Facebook let us know, Happy Thanksgiving. I laughed my head off during this episode. Thanks for that, by the way. That's awesome. And she says, I was super happy to hear I was not alone in thinking CJ wanted to get rid of Victor. She says, guess I need to figure out this Twitter thing. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I wasn't a big fan of Twitter before doing this show. Right. It's it's but, got its it's got its place. I definitely I like when people go both places, but on Facebook they can at least get a little bit longer take and kind of flesh out their ideas. Yeah, you can. It, it's good for holding a conversation like that because you don't have to worry about it falling through the queue. <laughs> right. Things on Twitter can get lost real quick. And you can kind of give a little prompt for spoilers and then go further down and talk about it, and it wouldn't spoil somebody as much. So. Alyssa Ranga, uh, which my wife would probably make fun of me for saying that name completely wrong, but um, really enjoying your podcast, except for all the peg talk. Just kidding. Can't wait. <laughs> Can't wait to listen. Uh, I think she likes it. I guess they're getting a, a couple people that are referencing our iTunes review. Yeah, I think so. Said <laughs> they didn't like the unhealthy focus on relationships. That's and- what we do. <laughs> To rephrase that, that's what I do, I guess. <laughs> that's what we do. It's a, that's part of the show. About this week's show, uh, Regan had a few different tweets, and I'll just put them all in one. He said he's getting pretty tired of these episodes with nothing new and a huge cliffhanger at the end. What a tease. They used to follow up cliffhangers with an explanation the next week. Now they're just pli- piling up with no answers. Frustrating. Uh, it, uh, yeah. And then there's the fact that Victor recognized somebody. You know that's going to pop up again, he says. And also, he's, um, I have a sinking feeling that CJ is hiding something. It's like she's always trying to talk somebody out of something or another. Hmm. And I'm hearing more and more of that every week from different people, whether it's Dr. Rock or Regan. or I don't know if she's playing that politician role where she's trying to always maintain a good relationship with both sides. And, you know... Uh, that's that's what you have to kind of do in a leadership position anyways, but it does seem like she's got an agenda. Yeah. You know, a lot of great stories have a traitor in there, and I don't know if... if I, I think maybe Kalani filled that role, but maybe maybe they were due for another one. And if, well, I, I couldn't see it being CJ, of course. No, I don't be, know who she would... That would blindside. I don't know who she would be a traitor for. I think if anything is going to come up, she was originally involved with this group and then had second thoughts after it initiated. Hmm. You know, the group that init- that unleashed the zombie apocalypse upon you know the world. That's way out there, and I know you don't really think that, but that no, I mean, that would be I, interesting. But we still don't know a whole lot about her or where you know because she's some kind of secret squirrel, right? 
It's not out of the realms of possibility, but I don't know enough to really start thinking that. <laughs> but I do want to say that I feel the same way that Regan does, but it's not that we're not getting answers to questions. It's that we're getting more questions than answers. We are getting a few answers to questions and some partials, but I, I totally understand the frustration. Yeah, I see. And I, I, used, I did used to feel that way uh, before... I was having to break down the show and really think a lot about it each week. But now, to me, I guess my rebuttal, and reading, I already told them I disagreed and I was going to talk about it, is uh, what if, I mean, if they just gave us all the answers and we have, you know, seven chapters left or whatever it's going to be, then what? why would we listen? <laughs> and it wouldn't be as intriguing without all these questions. And definitely, if, if you're that interested and wanted, wanting to know, you're going to be listening and you're going to, it's going to pay off at some point. People are people are getting used to, and I know I am, like Netflix, where I can go watch an entire series and know the answers right away. Yeah. <laughs> and especially and especially if it, if someone is coming to We're Live in season two or three, they can bulk listen to the whole first season, and you're getting those answers, bam, 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 to a lot of those questions, you know, within a chapter or two of each other. Not you- the big transcendent questions that we have, but... I get worried about it more so as we get closer to the end because I'm worried that it's going to end in a way that's just completely unnerving like other shows that we've talked about. Right. I'm not. But I, I have don't, a I lot don't, of faith. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. It's just it's that it's that nagging little voice in the back of my head. What if? I, and I mean, I, I can see how you're scared of that because it's so good now. I don't know. I really feel like he's going to stick the landing. He's had the whole, sh- whole sh- thing written, or at least the main themes written, before he even started the show. So when we have till August... I have complete faith in him. It's right. just, I, I invested a lot of time in loss for that terrible ending. <laughs> I can't blame you for that one. I mean, I, I got really big into it. Wanted to, I was doing some math behind it, trying to figure out the trajectory of these little pods they were shooting onto the island and you know how much time that would take to fall over so you could calculate what gear it was and it was just really ridiculous i remember you and jet ski racer talking about that (laughs) back in the day and i'd have to leave because i I did want to watch it at some point until i found out how it ended (sighs) don't watch don't just don't watch the last season (laughs) you'll be fine (laughs) you want to uh move on to yes 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 sorry uh Chris, J.K. West on Twitter, says, uh, just got done listening to the latest episode, and all I can say is, holy crap. <laughs> right there with you. Didn't want it to end. Hi, I'm Ringo, a uh, guy that's been on Facebook for a while and just hopped on Twitter. He says, OMG, how can the episode end like that? Two weeks? I want to know now. <laughs> I do, too. <laughs> I oh, uh, and if it if it uh, means anything to you, Ringo, <laughs> like I said earlier, I'm scared that it's going to be a Scratch or Burt-centric episode, and we're not going to hear from Datu at all. It's going to be left to wonder another week. I, 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 could, I would almost put money on it. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> and I'll, I already read the next two. But Yeah, okay. Mark Davis on Facebook said, yeah, it sounded like Glenn's dead and Datu may be infected. And then Chris on Facebook says, ah, crap. I wonder if this is the end of the colony and the start for the last stand at the new tower, Dunbar. Sounds like Glenn and the other guy holding the gun are dead, which we know is Jay. Uh, but I'm hoping that Datu was just knocked out of the way. I don't think that the beeping sound 
sounded like the pump, but not sure if the alert was for the shutoff or for incoming flow of water. Oh, that would be that would be really smart if there was an alarm going off whenever the water was flowing, so you would know to stop it. Mm. Wouldn't leave it like that. I hope. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm hoping that it was the shutdown se- sequence on the generator, but we'll we'll see in about you know two or three episodes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good episode, man. That was a was a really good episode. I think it was a good chapter. I mean, I never would have thought we were going to get ink and see him in turning, turning ever. I mean, I, I didn't. That wasn't something I expected to ever happen. So that was really cool. And, and you know, I do want to note it again. I said I talked about it a little bit earlier, but the scoring in this episode was just awesome. It was. It and, ha- I'm sorry. Go ahead. It had a finale feel to it. Okay, and the transitions from scene to scene were just great. Especially to the last scene. It was neat. Yeah, they do know how to score and action up with music and all that. Yes. And that, I mean, the last scene was just so chaotic. And you felt... I mean, I can only picture so much of it. There was so much going on. I can't wait to find out what happens. Yeah, I kind of hated them for doing that to us with no narration. But like I said already, I think it's cool. I loved it. And in a completely different way, I loved it. Casey but, did say there was going to be some cliffhangers. He said, you guys are going to hate me. Because <laughs> we already talked about cliffhangers in the past, and he posted up on Twitter. Like, yeah, there's going to be some. There's going to be some cliffhangers. So, All right, well, I think that's a fan cast, brother. That is a fan cast. All right, ready to close this one out? I am. All right, guys, we'll see you in two weeks. Check out the interview this upcoming Monday. Yeah. Thanks for listening to the We're Alive Fancast. If you would like to send feedback to the show, you can email us at we'realive at mickred.com, and we will read your mail on the show. We want to know what you think about We're Alive each week. Tweet us or email us your theories and reactions to that week's show. You can tweet us at, at WAFancast. Visit our website at mickred.com. Mickred is always spelled... M-I-C-K-R-E-D. You can find the We're Alive Fancast on Facebook. Just search We're Alive Fancast. Special thanks to Kevin McLeod for letting us use his song Ghost Apocalypse in this podcast. This has been a Mick Red production. You didn't already say his qualifications, did you? Oh no, huh? Yeah, he had the ink had the two doctorates in chemical engineering from MIT and biopharmaceutical engineering from New Jersey. And CJ wanted to get rid of Victor. Guess I needed. I guess I needed. Oh shoot, she says. Guess I need to figure out this Twitter thing. Mark Davis on Facebook said, "Yeah, it's not, you know we have we asked these people if they want their names used." Nope. <laughs> <laughs> We've been doing it for a while. Oh yeah. Sorry guys. I, you know, I, I think we may have earlier or something, but if they're on Facebook, it's public. I mean, it's a public page. That's true. You know, we just watched Walking Dead last night. This really did. Hey, I've got to pause. I've <laughs> I've got to pee so bad.
Okay. I'll be right back. And to continue without Nick. Okay, I wanted to look up something real quick. So I'm going to pause here until I pull up my resource. We'll now take a break for station identification. Brought to you by Wheaties. <laughs> Ovaltine. Drink more Ovaltine. And a quick warning here. This section will spoil Six Sense and The Happening. And this better not end with aliens being afraid of water. <laughs> that, that was a good angry. movie. That was a terrible movie. I was, I was a diehard M. Night fan back then, and I loved that movie. That laid it out for all M. Night Shyamalan was movies great. after that. I was terrible until Lady, Lady in the Water, and then I, I jumped off the train. That that was your okay. That was terrible. It was all of them were equally terrible. Sixth Sense was terrible. Yeah, no, it was okay. No, Sixth Sense was amazing. It it stayed in the theater. I was in where I worked at the theater when that was there. It was there for over six months, and that doesn't happen anymore. No, I'll give you that. That that was decent. People kept coming back to watch it. The rest of them are terrible. And the other thing about that movie, oh my gosh, I was so excited about it. And I'd watched watched about half of it with my uh, not yet wife back then, and um, I was so excited. I enjoyed it so much. I worked I worked at the theater, like I just said. I was sitting there waiting for everybody to clear out of the theater, you know. And I was going to go in there and clean it up. And I hear somebody say, "So he was dead the whole time?" Yeah, sorry, spoiler warning for Six Sense. He said, <laughs> so, he, "So he was dead the whole time?" And I began to think, "He was dead. What, what are they talking about? What the?" Who was d- You didn't I, catch that after it, the first time? Then I put it. No, I didn't see it. I watched the first half of it. I didn't uh, see the whole movie. I saw the first half, like, right before my shift started. And then I was going to go, you know, watch the whole thing later. I started suspecting it about three quarters of the way through. That's very rare because I haven't heard anybody that said they caught that one. Uh, I've heard some people say they caught it right into the beginning of the movie. And I was like, oh, well, all right. Yeah, you're smart. Yeah. Stop bragging. <laughs> I did not like Unbreakable. I really liked Unbreakable. I did not like the movie where the plants killed the people. Plants killed the people. Yeah, what's that one? Uh, yeah, okay. Sixth Sense, Unbreakable. Or Sixth Sense was out of this. It was it was amazing, awesome. It was a was a five. If we're, if I had to go back and do We're Alive ratings based on Sixth Sense being a number five for me, it would. <laughs> It would drastically change the ratings because Unbreakable would be a, probably a four or three seven five according to the Sixth Sense rating, and then Signs would probably be probably be a two and a half, which would still be really good. Okay, the ending ruined the whole entire movie. The Happening. The Happening, no, no, no. The, the three that I mentioned were the ones that were good. After Terrible. Lady in the Water, after Lady in the Water, no. I still appreciated the happening. It was a, it was a decent flick, but it wasn't. I mean, it would be a 1.5 on the sixth sense rating. To me, I don't know. I, I did not like signs. Oh, yeah. That's all I'm gonna say. About Swing it. away. Did not like it. Swing away, buddy. Back when I still drank, I went to the movies and did just that, and did not like it. Well, no wonder you probably had you probably had Stan eyes from South Park whenever everything turns to crap for him. Oh, it was crap, right? <laughs> Could not stand it. But, yeah, different strokes for different folks. I'm trying to think of something you like and say it's terrible. Fight Club, awesome. Yeah, Fight Club is awesome. I can't argue that. That's my favorite movie. It's a, you know, adolescent, prepubescent type movie. It really is. Awesome. But that's when I watched it. That's exactly. 
But you know what's funny? I was trying to bring it down somehow. Jerk. <laughs> that, but you know what's awesome is you go back and if you watch it now and you look at philosophies and things that you might accept as, you know, your own, that you can you can fit them into it. A lot of things you don't like about culture and society, they'll it agrees with it. It's I don't know. It's just my take on it. Yeah. Without getting too crazy with it. <laughs> cool. <laughs> uh, it, I mean, I guess if, if you wanted to, <laughs> that would be a lot of literature. Uh, yes. Okay. How does the how will the family play into it? The the family. The family. The we're alive. I have no idea unless they're a financial backer for the monster part of this. family. You know, a financial backer for the cult people. <laughs>